ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have another amazing guest today down the, 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 the avenue of like, truth. And, and, and uh, let me just explain. Uh, seven years ago, I had with me Todd Armstrong. Seven years ago, he was uh, addicted to drugs and he was in the state prison for burglarizing pharmacies. Three years ago, he was spiritually dead. Through meditation, psychedelics, which I'd love to talk to him about, I can't wait to talk to him about, conspiracy theories, research of history, science, health frequencies, he has awakened to a whole new state of being, losing 100 pounds, never going back to his drugs of choice and battling, bettering his mental health as well as becoming psychic for some of these benefits. After moving to Georgia and injuring himself while working, he was saved by Jesus Christ. He then shut down his social media and all of his other external influences and his life got in touch with the creative life essence inside him that presented itself to him, and it was the one and only Jesus Christ. During that time, he was given the name Emmanuel Kingwin by Jesus Christ, and it was written into the Book of Life. Shortly thereafter, he started making the podcast, making making podcast guest appearances, and then created his own podcast to tell his tale. From there, it was blossomed into a life coach mentor who works energetically with people to help free them from their demonic presences and bring them back to the light and the world that is Jesus Christ. So uh, I want to welcome him to the show. Uh, a big, big warm welcome, Todd Armstrong. Todd, thank you for joining me. How are you? I am doing very well. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm greatly appreciative of being here, and I'm so looking forward to our conversation. I mean, I'm not particularly religious. Like, I, I, I guess I would say I'm more spiritual. Um, but I, I w- I've always said this, and I, I guess I'll start off the conversation with this. And I don't want, you know, like, there there seems to be a lot of power in the name of Jesus. Like, if you say a prayer to Jesus, like, there there is power in the name. Like, and it's weird because, like, okay, let's just get put all the cards on the table. Religion kind of got, um, uh, all right, I'm just going to say, like, messed over, messed over because of the Catholic priests messing with kids. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like our history wasn't what we were told. The Roman Catholic tortured, maimed, and raped everybody to get where they wanted to go in life. So I guess, but, I, but what you're doing is completely different. You're saying you're in touch with Jesus in a different way, in a spiritual way. It seems like you got through the whole through Jesus through meditation, it seems like, which I dig that. That's cool. So I, I guess we can separate the two. And I think that's important to separate the two, right? Yeah. So what I bring to the table has nothing to do. I'm really trying to understand the ancient ways, the old Jewish tradition, as well as the original Christian tradition when Jesus Christ was alive and he just died. So I'm trying to figure out what was going on at that origin point. But for me, I'm not a Christian. I didn't go to church growing up. I went to Sunday school from like the ages of five to 10. And it wasn't even every week. It would be like, I don't know, 20 weeks out of a year, you know, a year has 52 weeks is probably about 20 weeks for an hour each time that we went. So I didn't learn anything. So when I was saved by Christ, it was through psychedelics and through the astral realm, through becoming psychic that I encountered him. And it was just amazing. And he just keeps revealing himself to me that he is everything. And it's just so wonderful that he came to me and never judged me for where I was and who I was and what I was doing. He never told me I was bad for doing the practices I was doing. But as time has gone forward, 
I have just willingly, I have given up the practices that I used to do, the spiritual practices that I used to do in favor of something that was more beneficial to me and closed out those uh, entities, whether they were demonic or angelic. I mean, there's a mixture of both, but there's a lot of demonic activity in the astral world that we're not familiar with. And we think it's all angelic once we wake up, which is what happened to me. And we think that it's all great and like reincarnation is a thing and we think past lives are a thing and we think all these different spiritual teachings that just get regurgitated without ever questioning where it's coming from why it's happening channelings are real you know all this different stuff is happening and not to say that none of that isn't actually what it is but we never question it once we wake up we're just like oh okay we just take that for okay that must be true because i was lied to before and jesus has showed me well, there's so much more deception in that than any of us care to understand or look at. Well, I mean, I, I, I you have a point because like I, people, I guess what I'm, I'm trying to say is what I'm looking for on my show is the truth. I, you know, whether, I mean, I've studied a lot of that stuff. I just did a past life regression on my show and I, I can't tell you if I was, if I felt like I was in a real past life or not. It felt like it was, you know, like, because I was saying things that I didn't think I would ever come up with in my life. But so, you know, like it's, it's on the table if it's real, but there are near death experiences and we can yeah. attribute those to being somewhat real. You know, um, I, I would say that's maybe one of the best cases for afterlife is near death experiences. Like, um, Oh, there's but, definitely an afterlife. There's so like, I don't want anyone listening to be confused in what I'm saying, because it is, you know, so our understandings is either there's an afterlife on earth or there isn't. And uh, what I understand is that, yeah, there is unclean and earthbound spirits that are all around us, but they're not angels. They are not here to help us. They don't know why they're there. If they were actually where they're supposed to be, they'd be in heaven and they wouldn't be around us. So yeah, I was going to say, why are these, why are ghosts on, on earth? Like, what is, I mean, what, what have you come to understand that why ghosts like, like occupy the earth? Is it because of a, a tormented death or something or not a torment, but like a bad, but rough death or like, well, that could be part of it. Definitely. I think that a major part is that they, they haven't let go. A lot of them haven't let go of earthly life and have embraced to go be face judgment but they judge themselves so it's not judgment of someone else judging you it's you judge yourself to determine whether you're worthy or not a lot of people don't want to look at that uh so they stay here a lot of them are unclean spirits and they don't really have a concept of death so they just hang out around here and they try to interact with us and what happens is you've heard the term angels have to get their wings right well that's what these beings they're there they have to earn their way into heaven and in order to do that they have to show that they're worthy of going to heaven by helping now a lot of them just stay here and mess with people and they're they're tricksters and they they do a lot of different stuff some of them get into the evil side and then you know they are actively hurting humans and doing things purposely to hurt humans they're, they are all around us. Not all of them are evil. A lot of most of them don't know that they're dead or that they can go to heaven, but they have to do what God wants them to do, which is firstly, 
not interact with humanity uh, because that's why the fallen angels fell was because they interacted with humanity. They stepped in and they thought they knew better than God. They showed themselves, which is a big no-no. So if anyone is actively working with spirits and they're telling you their names and they're showing you their faces, they're not helping you. Maybe they're helping you, but they're not, it's not for your benefit. It's like if a farmer has a kale and the kale breaks its leg, the farmer's going to fix the kale, not for the kale's benefit, but for the farmer's benefit. That's yeah. what these, these beings that they pretend to be angels of light, they come here to wake us up, to spread their message, which is not the truth, which is going to keep you in a stuck state so that they can feast off of you because they don't have a connection to God. So they have you do things that will get you connected to God so that they can be connected to God through you because you're a host vessel for them. And they trick us by telling us they're more superior than us. And they give us this information that we can't possibly have any other way. And there's so much trickery to it that it's very hard to not fall into the trap. I mean, I fell into it big time because I was, I was hearing people's thoughts like literally seconds before they said them. Like I would hear that in my mind and then someone would say it. And I was just like blown away at all the times that this would happen. And it was because some kind of spirit was attached to me that was able to pick up on what they were about to say. And it would send it to me so that I would trust that spirit more and more. But uh, Jesus just has shown me that that's like confusion to a human and God's not a God of confusion. God doesn't want you to be hearing voices and to be doing these things that are uh, strange. Not that life is very strange. And I talk about strange things, but I mean, something like that, that is very um, in someone's business, you know, that is, it's none of my business what people think. So I shouldn't be able to hear their thoughts. You know, that is, that is not something that God would really destine unless someone's sending me their thoughts. I shouldn't be able to pick up on it. So uh, he's just shown me a lot of different things like that. And what I wanted to say about the past life is, so what he showed me about the past life regression is, or not past life regression, but when we, when we're experiencing some kind of other lifetime, it's actually our ancestors' DNA. So we share the same spirit as our ancestors. We have a different soul than our ancestors. So sometimes our spirit can pick up on their past, our ancestors' past life because it's in our DNA strands. You know what's so interesting about that? I'll retort. If you watch my past life regression, I... I lived the life of my grandfather. The first life I lived, I was in, the first thing I did, I felt like I was in Jordan in 1730. That was the answers I gave to the interviewee, the, who, the guy who was doing my past life regression. I put okay. this all on my channel because I wanted people to see what a past life regression looks like. And I then I wanted to let sale. them be the judge. But then the second person, I, the, 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 the second life that came through my mind, I went through a tube and I was in a womb. And then I came out and I saw my whole grandfather's life. From the time he was born to the time he went to the prisoner of war camp in World War II, the time wow. he, you know, he died, and then his soul left his body. So I, I will agree with you. I, I think you, we can definitely see other souls. I mean, we can see the souls of our relatives. So is that to say that reincarnation mm -hmm. isn't real then, or what? Or is, is it just a mis misinformation? 
Uh, so I think that it's partially, I think that there's a very select few people that have reincarnated for different reasons that they've been, some have been given a second chance, you know, so maybe someone died in war and they were an unclean spirit, earthbound spirit, and they realized the error of their ways and God gave them a second chance to then come in as a baby to die as a, a an infant or you know die in the womb or, or something like that to then make up for the karmic debt something to that degree i think that that does happen but i don't think that it's very common i don't and i do think that we're in a time period that talks uh that's talked about in the bible where it says the those who were um those who died would be given a second chance because I think that we're past the millennial reign, which you want to get into Tartaria. I think Tartaria is just covering up the the thousand year reign of Christ on earth. And that we're in the time where Satan would be loosed upon the earth for a short season. And in this time, this is, so everyone thinks like the rapture is going to happen and the seven year tribulation is going to happen and that we're living through the book of revelation at the moment. I have come to understand that that has already passed. And what we're in now, this is just deception. This is a fake seven year tribulation. This is a, you know, there's not an actual real rapture event that's going to happen that we who are on earth are those who either fell, we were the fallen angels who are now being given a chance to be on earth for uh, making up. And this is why so much so many of us are experiencing so much trauma that we're overcoming because it was our own doing that we're now facing our own karmic debt, if you will, that we have to live out in a quick life cycle and then wake up quickly so that we can get to the final judgment. Because judgment is going to come in my opinion, uh, sooner than a lot of people think. And I think this is a big part of why Agenda 2030 is, you know, Agenda 2030, because it's going to be very soon, the this uh, great white throne judgment, as the uh, Bible calls it. So we, there are people who are given a second chance, who maybe they lived a life in Atlantis or something, and they did a lot of things that kept them in hell and then they've been resurrected now as a second chance to accept christ into their life into their heart into their mind and it doesn't really matter the name that's on the tongue it doesn't matter if you're a muslim and say allah it doesn't matter if you're a, a buddhist and you say uh the creative you know the god creative energy it doesn't matter if you're a hindu and you say krishna or if you're a christian and say jesus None of that really matters. It's the understanding in your heart and in your mind of who God is, why you're living life and what you're doing on earth. You know, are you deceiving people or are you helping people? Well, that, that's that's a good, great point. And I, and I wanted to talk to you about chakras and the pineal gland and the astral world. So I'll keep that all on the back burner because that I want to get to your point into like, like, I'll just go with the flow here. Like, are we deceiving people? Are we helping people? And I think that was one of the reasons. And I, and I guess you can share this too, is why I started my podcast. Like uh, one of my big reasons is I wanted to find out what happens when we die. You know what I mean? But then it turned into, I want to help humanity. I want to give people the truth. You know, there's so much like, bullshit i mean in the ufo community you know what i mean and i'll 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 be honest like sometimes i post it 
you know, because like, you know, I, I, I don't know why I, I don't really have a reason. I mean, sometimes I just want to believe the people, but I'm trying to more so get the truth out. That's I'm really focused on the truth uh, in all aspects, whether it's NDEs, OBEs, uh, uh, although everything, you know, um, I haven't gotten much into Agenda 2030 and politics and conspiracy and stuff. I, I do a little bit, but um, you, you could probably tell me a little bit more about that. But how does Agenda 2030 tie in with, like, the final judgment? And when, when do you think this final judgment will be? Okay, so I think it'll be this decade. Uh, I And I'm not trying to fear monger anybody. You know, I don't, I don't think that we need to go stock up for anything, you know. <laughs> I think that it's much more grand that we just live our lives as they happen to us and God will arrange us. However, he's going to arrange us. He's going to keep us safe. If we're meant to be safe, you know, if we're doing the right thing, he's going to protect us. So I don't want to fear monger anybody, but I think that it's going to be this decade and agenda 2030. So I don't know exactly what may be uh, posted on, whatever the world economic forum or whatever un oh that's the Klaus Schwab thing right yeah 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 so i don't know what their bullet points may be about it but the ultimate goal is transhumanism is to take humanity and this is what the this is what the bible talks about now you're fine this is what the bible talks about where they're trying to these demonic forces are trying to keep humans from ascending they're trying to purposely send humans to hell with this transhumanism and they're doing it in all sorts of ways with psychedelics with uh video games virtual reality with uh the what's it called the Neuralink with elon musk the people who are going to quote unquote go to mars uh with all sorts of different stuff uh, these are all sending people to the same place which would be the abyss so that they can take your consciousness out of your physical body and they can enter their consciousness in your physical body so that when the judgment comes that you're in hell forever eternally and that they go to heaven that's not how it's going to happen that's what they plan on doing though that's what jesus has really revealed to me and and and, and it's funny because they want to merge the human consciousness with like ai you know like they want yeah. so people can live forever but if you're spiritual you know what? I mean, I, I'm more spiritual, and I've already made this decision a long time ago that I'll never merge with computer. I'll never do anything like that. I would rather try to work on my spirituality first, whether it be with Jesus or whether I meditate or you know, I'm, I haven't really. I, I guess I, I, I haven't reached a point in my spirituality where, I'm, you know, I, where you're at yet. You're very confident. You know, I I still have a lot of questions, and I'm not this and anything i'm just i i just i guess my name's typical skeptic on youtube i'm just always a little bit you know i just got to re- research everything you know but I, I i respect the hell out of what you've done and what you're doing because like um well let me ask you this what was it like meeting jesus like can, can you describe it is it, is it even describable uh yeah so i mean so i've met him i actually have photos of my clouds he came to me in the clouds and that's another biblical thing that Jesus is going to return in the clouds. Well, I, he came to me in the clouds uh, a couple of years ago, and I have photos of it. It's uh, very amazing. Uh, so the first time he presented himself to me was my first psychedelic trip, which was actually, uh, I did a lot of psychedelics at, at one time. Uh, but this was doing, um, 
the cough syrup. I did, you know, I purposely drank too much Robitussin and me and someone else. And I saw him. It was the first time I saw the astral world. And it was like a blueprint. Like you, if you've ever seen a blueprint of a home, well, imagine that. But you're not like looking at a piece of paper. It's all around you. And that's what the spirit realm is here that all the spirits live in this uh, that are earthbound or unclean spirits. They live all around us in this blueprint world, which is the fourth dimension, which is uh, a place without time because it's just spirit being operated there. So he came to me. He, he was just a head and it was as big as well, bigger than my entire body. And if you're ever familiar, excuse me, if you've ever seen the Wizard of Oz and you're familiar with the giant head that's talking at the end, uh, you know, when it, it's right in their face, that's exactly what it was to me. Oh, and it wow. was Jesus. And I, I just knew it was him. You know, he didn't say anything. Then there's some voice was in my ear telling me, uh, yeah, that's Jesus. Uh, and he's not for you. That's what I was told. He's not for you, but he'll help you. He'll help anyone who calls on his name. And he shook his head. Yes. And then he nodded, uh, like to the side a little bit and he winked. And I've come to understand that he was, uh, telling me like, they're lying to you through that nod and wink. Like, yeah, I'm not for you, you know, wink, wink, uh, you know, but I will help you if, uh, if you ever call on my name. So that was the first encounter. The second one, I, like I said, he came to me in the clouds and I was just completely enthralled. I was hearing telepathically for months in meditation. I was told May 17th, it was going to be a day that I never forgot that there was going to be something that occurred. So through a series of events, my cat ran away. So I'm outside on my porch at 11 o'clock at night. Nothing ends up happening. I'm expecting planet Nibiru and the Anunnaki to return uh, because of my meditations. I kept being told that they're going to appear to me as clouds. They're going to come to me as clouds. They're going to come on May 17th, 2020. They kept telling me over and over. And lo and behold, I, I'm on my phone out on my porch, 11 p.m., so I'm already, you know, beyond thinking anything's going to happen. I just get the urge to look up and take a photograph. And I do. And what do I see? It's a face. What's just the eyes. And it's a cross where like the third eye would be right in the middle of uh, the two eyes. There's a cross. Then I take another photo and it's clearly Jesus's face, the same face that I encountered in the psychedelic trip several months earlier. So just completely amazing. So then after that, what I ended up doing was I changed over all of my musical interests from the gangster rap that I listened to. And I, eventually I started getting into a little more, not gangster rap, but so I went from like Eminem, Meek Mill, Little Wayne to then I was listening to Travis Scott a lot, you know, the spiritual type of stuff, because I was doing a lot of psychedelics and I'm experiencing his music is when you listen to it on psychedelics, it's an adventure. It is a roller coaster. Who's that? That and, new is that the new Travis Scott? Is that the guy that happened in Astroworld or whatever? That yeah, Astroworld. See, I'm right. I'm more into like um, I don't know if you, I'm I listen to a lot of hip hop, but I listen to like Griselda. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They're like um, I've heard of like, Griselda. They're 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 like under they're underground, but they're real popular. But um, but anyway, I I I, I why I said that is because like I th I think I would get into that because I wanted to talk to you about psychedelics because I've had my encounters with psychedelics, but I don't think I've ever done enough to, um, 
I mean, I, I tried DMT once and uh, it didn't work for some reason. My, it did work for my friend, but I was watching him and it and, and watching him made me scared. Like, because of what, what he looked like he was going through, it looked like he was like someone on like a, 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 like a, like a drug I've seen on TV, like, you know, like a bad, like, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't look like something like, oh, like he was having any fun, you know? And I was like, I, I don't know if I want to be a part of that. So I, I was, I dipped out on that. And then I, earlier in my life, I did shrooms and LSD, and I've just seen like, I've just seen like, um, uh, just shapes and colors and, and stuff like that, like nothing uh, major. I mean, have, have you had like major trips where you experienced like, um, you know, like besides, I mean, obviously Jesus, you know, but um, was it was psychic? Were you? Or would you consider yourself a psychonaut? Is what I'm saying. I was at one point. Yeah, I did uh, every except for iboga. I did every psychedelic in like a three month period. I uh, did shrooms several times. I did four ACO DMT. I did DMT several times. I did ayahuasca. I did uh, San Pedro. I did 2CB uh, LSD a few times. I have really uh, there's something else too. I forget what it's called. Uh, another uh, like pharmaceutical type of uh, mixture chemical compound uh, i i mean i did a lot of them in a short amount of time and uh and like i said i i even did uh hawaiian uh, baby woodrow seeds i did morning glory seeds i did like i said the too much uh cough syrup i did all of them that i could get my hands on and it was like i slowly gradually kept going up and up and yeah i've seen the gamut of people saying that oh they are god that everything is just a reflection of them that uh this world is a bubble reality that it's just consciousness is just being projected here and all physicality is just vibration that's moving at a too slow of a speed so yeah i'm very familiar with all of the different uh terms and understandings of god what about the uh, machine elves? Have Jesus, you seen the machine elves? I have not, but I have heard them. They talked to me, and they sounded like snakes when they were talking to me. So when I smoked DMT for the first time, I didn't break through. But the second, I just went to this waiting room, is what it's called, and it's just like this clown house, essentially. And you're just in this room, and it's there's eyes. The, all the walls are eyes. And it's a very strange place. But the next time, the next day I did it, I broke through. And it was, uh, so there were like four different colors in front of my face. You're like, you know, top right, top left, bottom right, bottom left. And what was happening is they were saying C, like the S's, they would say like that, saying C. And then they would flip these shapes like every which way and every time they flipped them it would be a different color and they were kind of telling me like see like look we're controlling what you are seeing like this, we're controlling reality essentially and this is the machine elves the seraphim that lie to you in the bible that that tell you that they can create reality just give yourself to them that's what i was experiencing and actually the first time i blasted off i had water lodged in my ear for I don't know 15 years or so that I could never get out and when I blasted off I heard like people talk about it sounds like a rocket ship blasting off like in your mind you 
you hear it and you go to outer space and go through outer space and the water when i woke up my ear was all wet and i was like you know what's going on and the water that was lodged in my ear for 15 years it was gone it was out so i don't know why or how but that was such a relief can i can i tell you one thing that's strange about that when you and you have an out-of-body experience because i've tried naturally i've been trying like naturally to have out-of-body experiences and what i did I, well first i read robert monroe's journeys out of the body and and for an older book he it's really good he was one of the first to do it you know what i mean yeah, the gateway then, experience right what's that he's uh the founder of gateway experience the, the monroe institute you know he yeah. is the monroe institute where people go there and have out-of-body experiences well he invented the hemi-sync binaural beats where right. you listen to them and they induce your chances of having an OBE. So I did that and I did some third eye stuff. Like I was working on like opening my third eye and, um, you know, I was just making sure I, I, I eat real vegetarian, uh, and fruit for two days, no meat. Um, and, and basically barely nothing. Like, um, I really, like they said, if you want to go out of body, you eat close to nothing. I, I'll tell you what happened. Like I was getting close to going out of body what happens is your body starts vibrating like very heavily it's insane like it, i mean you almost in your heart starts beating like but it's not it's, it's like I, you get I, nervous yeah but it's not your heart it's something else albert uh it, he was on the art bell show he explained it he's like that's not your heart he said because they did studies on people who are having out-of-body experiences and their heart was fine it's something in in the but what i wanted to get to is what also happens is you get a whooshing sound in your head. It starts going whoosh, whoosh, and 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 all, and then all of a sudden you almost pop out. Well, I almost popped out twice, and now and every time I popped out, I almost saw a shadow being. And, and the people on my podcast are probably getting sick of hearing this, but they probably never heard the fall because I've talked about it because like I was afraid to go through with it because I thought that the shadow being was going to take my body, my physical body, laying there. And I wasn't, I wasn't used to, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. You know what I mean? Like, so I think if I was under the guidance of a shaman, okay, let's go for it. But if I'm laying in my bed and I'm trying to go out of body and I see something weird, I'm not going to go for it. You know, that's crazy, right? Yeah, I think you did the right thing because it would steal your body and it would definitely be messing with you. You and that's uh, kind of the thing that Jesus has showed me that, you know, I did all these different things, but I'm paying the price for it now or, you know, not at this moment, but I have been with the spiritual warfare that I've been ever since I've been talking about the name of Jesus Christ, all these spirits that were helping me wake up, you know, like I used the example earlier, the farmer helping the cow, all these spirits that were helping me wake up started attacking me very viciously in my dreams, in my meditations, in my physical waking life, I could feel them grab me in different areas. And it doesn't scare me because I know they can't really do anything to me, but they can just choke out the energy centers so that uh, you're not feeling the same energetic level in certain areas. But I have such a good relationship with Christ now that uh, I just don't get afraid and i call on the power of jesus christ the creator of everything and the spirit ends up you know leaving i can call it out it's like i've done deliverance on people uh, if anyone's familiar with that it's when you get demons out of them and by using the name of jesus christ and i do it all myself 
still to this day, if I have a feeling like if I'm feeling unworthy or if I'm feeling pity, pity, you know, like poor me, or if I'm feeling angry, I'll say, I'll call the spirit of anger, the spirit of pity, whatever it is, I'll call it out of me. And I'll say to myself and, you know, in the power and authority of Jesus Christ, get out of me and replace that spirit of disbelief with the spirit of trust and faith. And what ends up happening is I very much feel an energy leave me and I feel like myself being filled up with something joyous and loving from inside of me. And, uh, you know, it's once we start interacting with things outside of us, we think that it's like all backwards, really, instead of working on the inside, like when we do psychedelics, we, we leave our body to go be in perfect bliss, when we can be in perfect bliss in our body by just healing what's here in here. So it's like the opposite of what we're supposed to do, because we're in like this little bubble of reality called Earth. That's like a microcosm of heaven. And all around us is heaven. And it's like this huge, this much larger bubble. And there's these beings that are there that aren't God of that place. They're like, so the humans here are what Jesus is in heaven. We are God of earth. And the spirits that we interact with, they're like the animals of earth. That's like the equivalent. So we're like dealing with animals that want to be God. So they're trying to go down lower dimensionally to take our bodies and trick us because they're smart animals, but they're still animals nonetheless. So that's really an equivalent that he showed me just today. Do you think some of these things like astral travel might be like tools for um, misinformation? I mean, or do you think one can spiritually spiritually progress doing out-of-body experiences? Uh, Yeah, you you can do anything like you can do anything in the name of Jesus Christ, as long as you're uh, using protection of yourself. And it's a belief in you. It's a, a trusting and a knowing and an understanding. And uh, having his name on your lips really helps, but it's a trusting and a knowing inside of you. You can do all things in the name of Jesus Christ. But what ends up happening is a lot of people that are in the new age or spirituality type of field, even Buddhist or uh, Hindu, whatever, they encounter Jesus and they completely change and give up all of their old ways, even though they can do it, you know, you can do the singing bowls, you can do tarot reading and all. But when Jesus comes to you, he shows you that you don't need to do those things, because you have him in your thoughts, he's always with you. And he starts showing you just how easy these spiritual practices are. And it's, you don't need spiritual practices. It's like exercise, detoxing your body from these parasites, which Again, that's what these things are here as parasites. I do a lot of that kind of stuff on my podcast is showing how demons and parasites are the same thing and detoxing your body frees you of these parasitic energies. Wait, can and, I say something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, there's a, um, while you take a drink, there's a, um, there's some videos on YouTube. I wanted to tell my, my, my viewers about this. I listen to them frequently. Uh, they're, um, the one's just like a binaural beat, you know, and it goes over and over and over, but it's, it, it's re- getting negative parasites out of your body. It's, it's to remove, there's videos that the binaural beat videos to remove parasites and they work. 
like you know like i've, I've had a lot of relief because i these i don't know if these parasites are nano worms like or, or like you know like i don't know if these demons have some really advanced technology where they're using nano worms or if this is like just a a spiritual entity but they're in every one of us i think and i think that's what part of the ego is built on is it's these parasites so i totally believe you that there's these parasites are just like little demons that are in us that they they kind of they peck at your mind all day right and, and exactly they, yeah and, yeah, yeah. Check out episodes 90 and 104 of my podcast. They're both with Alexia Eisenhower. She does parasitic detoxes for people and helps them, guide them. Uh, you know, I've had a client who has breast cancer. She went for experimental stuff instead of going through chemo and radiation. And uh, so she's in the UK. She went to Germany. And this isn't Alexia. This is a client of mine. She went to Germany for this experimental stuff. Turns out it was a heavy duty parasite detox that she was doing. And she completely healed three out of four of her tumors. So, you know, in a month's time. So there's all sorts of ways, like they have mats that you can stand on that'll send the frequencies, just like you were saying with the, uh, listening to it. I'm sure that is a similar thing to the mat, you know, the frequency coming in your body, but it's taking wormwood, it's taking black uh, walnut clove garlic getting these herbs in our body and getting the parasites out of us kill uh paralyzing them with pumpkin seeds if you're familiar with sleep paralysis well when we eat pumpkin seeds that puts our demons our parasites in sleep paralysis and then you come in with some wormwood a, a 10-day cleanse over the full moon, you know, starting uh, like three, four days before the full moon, and then uh, do that for 10 days. What's going to happen is you're going to, uh, you know, go to the bathroom and you're going to release all these different parasites over that time period. And you're going to feel so much more free. You're going to be able to, if you're trying to quit smoking, you're going to be able to stop smoking easier. Not that it's going to be, you know, just, oh, I can quit now, but it's going to be easier if you're trying to exercise, but you can't find the motivation, you're going to find that motivation once you detox. Whatever it is that's holding you back, you're being held back by parasites. And if you detox yourself, it makes it so much easier. It's like the veil is lifted, and now you can step out into a whole new reality where you're doing what it is that you want to do. And what would you say these parasites, where do these parasites come from, what would you say? Like, what would... They're definitely, so what you were saying with the, the nanoworms, like the graphene oxide is definitely what they are. They're like our understanding of AI, artificial intelligence is like that maybe like computers are just going to get up and start walking like transformers. That's, I don't, maybe that could be a thing if like some all spark type of thing happened, but that's not what they are. What they are is like the software essentially that's behind the internet. Like right now we're communicating through this interdimensional device. We're looking in these black scrying mirrors as they were called in John D's time back in the 1500s. Uh, you know, that we're looking into a different dimension into time and space we've manipulated so that we can be in front of one another. And this is using them. That's what they are. It's mother matrix. They are this parasitic, squid-like blacker than black being 
that the Bible calls a Leviathan of the dragon that's blacker than black, that is completely uh, evil, that it is the dragon that gives life to the beast that Revelation talks about. Uh, It's so crazy, but this is what the Bible is really warning us against is it's the man versus the machine and these uh, black goo things. That's why they give their left eye for technology or for knowledge, I mean, uh, that's what they do. They all seeing eye because they get injected into the left eye. So now the left eye of all these politicians, pop culture people, they're all giving their left eye. So now it's the all seeing eye is everywhere. It's, uh, it's AI, but it's not necessarily in just the computer. It's all around us it's dark matter as science likes to call it i love this stuff man dude go preach on dude this is amazing yeah i mean this is really what it is and it's in now and things that people are getting plunged in their arms uh not that it's in all of it but it's and the newest one isn't the only one that it's in it's graphene oxides in everything this is why they spray the the metals and the chemicals in our skies this is why our foods and our water have uh, fluoride and chemicals in it is so that they can take over our bodies. They want to take over, they need to take over our bodies because there's going to be judgment soon and they're not going to be able to be here any longer. They're going to go back to the abyss. So and these are all these they can demons, do is places. These are these demons and they send their parasites, these little nanoworms, because these demons have higher technology. It makes sense, right? The demons send the nanoworms into our bodies and they can just put them in our bodies like through technology. Like, and that, that makes sense. Like, but I'll tell you what, dude, like these videos on YouTube, I know it's just a YouTube video, but also I, I, I've been telling this in my lap podcast too. I've been using Rife frequencies, R-I-F-E. Rife was someone who cured cancer back in the 30s with a machine that was, it just sends frequencies to the body. Well, now people have taken the technology a step further and any element you have on the internet, they have a Rife frequency for. And you just listen to it. And I had a little lump on the back of my neck. It shrunk it in half. I listened to the Rife frequency. I was getting nosebleeds from the winter because of, I don't know, a dry air or something. It stopped them. Uh, any, yeah, anything that you have a little ailment for, right frequencies will work. Like, and they've, they've been a major help. I like to share health modalities on this show. I also take uh, stuff for pre try to prevent cancer. I take beta glucans. My dad had cancer when I was 51. I'm 42. And I'm trying to, uh, I take anti, try to take anti cancer supplements. I've heard that beta glucan can, fight cancer cells um it's it's in what's found in reishi mushroom and turkey tail and chaga mushroom it's also in um barley and wheat but um you know they take it out they give it a supplement i buy the mushroom powder like i'll show you this like this is uh if i don't know if you can see that uh, yeah i say it and this that has like the beta glucan in it and that's supposed to be host to help and i also take c60 too I don't know if you okay, take, yeah, that's good. And then C60, uh, if you take C60 and you put it in something and you separate it, it'll come back together. It, it it forms back together. I don't know what that means or what it does, but I think it's good. You know, like it's, 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 uh, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, I haven't taken C60 just because of how expensive it is. And Alexia actually says, that if you're getting the liquid that you want to use it up quickly so that it doesn't uh, bind back together that, that easily. 
she actually prefers the powder because it doesn't bind. Uh, but what I like to use is similar to C60 is zeolite, which is uh, it's going to t- heavy metal detox. It's going to take that out of you. And What's it called again? Zeolite. So Z-E-O-L-I-T-E. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, cause I, I, the C60 I use is from Good and Cheap. It's only twenty dollars a bottle. It's okay. called Good and Cheap, but it's and it's real. It's real. But I mean, I'm I'm gonna try the Zeolite stuff too. Like that, that, I'm gonna definitely try that because I I think you you you're 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 so on the the you're you're so right about these parasites. Like I I don't, I, I think I, I'm not. I think you know how right you are. I don't have to say you. I think it's a. I think it's like a. I don't know what to say, man. It's amazing because it's like, it's it's really a something that people should be studying more. Why these parasites oh, yeah. are in our bodies and, and how to get rid of them. And I think it's a. It's 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 enormous. Yeah. Well, and there's a major part of my story that I don't really put out there, like in my bio. You read off the bio I sent you because it's so weird. But I think I can talk about it on your show. Typical skeptic is that I've experienced the alien abduction phenomena up until I was saved by Jesus Christ. And not only that, but when I was doing psychedelics and I was exploring my psyche and I was remembering all of these memories that were suppressed and repressed, is that I remember dreams, well, more like nightmares, uh, that I was being cloned. And I remember, you know, there was a specific pop culture icon who... Uh, she calls herself lady, but it's very questionable if she's a lady. Uh, she was, you know, there were things happening that she was doing to me. And she killed one of my one version of me. But then, like, I woke up in another body just like a few feet away. And it was like I woke up in a cloned body. And it was uh, very strange. You know, these things are very strange. But the alien abduction phenomena was Gray's with uh, mantid beings uh, as well as some humans would be there in like military garb, but they weren't really, they were more hands off. The grays were really doing a lot of the stuff. The mantids were definitely in charge. Then you'd have a few human looking beings that were around as well. What but, do you yeah. think their purpose is? Because I'm trying to figure this out and put it all into perspective. Like I can't figure it out. Like from a, from like a cosmic spiritual perspective like if there's jesus and there's like buddha and there's like these ascended masters but then say there's jesus say i'll agree with you and i'll say jesus is like the 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 head honcho where do these aliens fit in in this cosmic are they deep i mean like a lot of the hardcore christians say that they're demons you know like you know but um i don't know about that i'm not sure i don't know so they're demons and they're Nephilim. So the way that we can really understand this is, like I said earlier, Jesus is God of everything. And on Earth, on the smaller version, humans are God of the Earth. So just like we have grasshoppers, just like we have ants, just like we have all sorts of insects, these insectoids are insects to Jesus. You know, that's kind of how they are. So how were they created? Well, the Bible and the Book of Enoch tell us that the fallen angels, which look like men somewhat, they took the DNA of humans and mixed it with their own DNA and created Nephilim, which were giant, very large uh, titans, if you will, beings that were here. And they also took the DNA of the birds and the bees and the plants and mixed that with 
humans. And what ended up happening is you have all these Egyptian gods that have that are half bird, half human, all sorts of different stuff. They're all Nephilim. Uh, the, this is so when we have mantid beings that are walking around, they're man sized and they're very intelligent. Well, they are grasshoppers, little grasshoppers mixed with our DNA that now, you know, certain amalgamation. I don't know what that percentage is or how it's done or anything, but this is how it is done. And this is why Christians say it's all demons. They don't know how it's necessarily demons. And demons are the spirits of the dead Nephilim, of these dead mixtures of fallen angels plus human DNA or human DNA plus the birds and the bees and the reptiles and all the things of the earth. So that's how you also have reptilians and they're. You know, it's, it's, uh, this guy I've had on my show, he's a, uh, he's a, uh, he's, his name is Daryl Sims. They call him the alien hunter. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's pretty no. popular in the UFO culture. But anyway, I've had him on my show three times and he said to me, where do you get the DNA for a mantid? Where do you get the DNA for a reptilian? What he said, even a little gray, they're like a, they're like an ant being. You said all. You said where do you get the the, the uh, DNA for a Nordic alien? That's all DNA. That's oh, the Nordics are the it's, fallen angels. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like he said. He's he's backing up basically what you just said. It's all DNA that you find on Earth. So that you have a point, like you, man. I mean, you agree on so much, man. I I'd love to have you back on again, or I'll come on your show. But you know, like I, I'm used I'm used to just interviewing people. So I don't know how good I would do like on an interviewee spot. But I mean, like. I, I, I dig talking to you, man. Like, I really yeah, like. I, you're I, awesome. I, thank you so much. I'd come on anytime. Yeah. And, and that guy is exactly right. But the Nordics, so the Nordic, the, the white, blonde hair, blue eyed people, they are the fallen angels. So, you know, make no mistake. That's the Nazis that, that came down. Uh, if you study Tartaria at all and start seeing the world's fairs, that aspect of it. I had Howdy Mikowski on my show about the world's fairs. Okay, there you go. So we there, never got into the um the Nazi end of it in the in the Tartaria. How does Tartaria fit in with the world's fairs? Because I know they tried to shape our reality with the world's fairs, right? Right. So what ended up happening at the world's fairs? Maybe Howdy covered this with you because I definitely learned this from him. Is that, uh, and I've had him on my show. He's a great guy. He's a wealth of knowledge. They took uh, different skulls from humans of different skin tones, and they were, it was like this. There, I don't know how many of them, but it was like, I don't know, three across, and then it went down, like maybe like six, and then three across again. And it said, this is white people's skulls, and this is black people's skulls, and somewhere in the middle is criminals' skulls. That's how they labeled it. It was, a very racist thing that was going on they they would uh put people in these human zoos three to four thousand people in human zoos and say oh this is how these people lived and, and they made them eat dogs right they made the natives eat dogs yeah, it's, it's yeah and they man. said they're savages and they said all this different stuff because they were the same fallen angels racist fallen angels who think that they're better than everyone that were here as Nazis in the 1940s. They're here still now to this day in different countries that have Nazis all over the place. You know, that that is, that's the fallen angels. It's the Nordic aliens. It is the Nazis. It's 
they are all one and the same. They're the white people with blonde hair and blue eyes that went around conquering from the European uh, era, from Spain, England, France, and Sweden, that went around conquering everything in the 1500s. And then again in the uh, 1800s, when they were all warring, it is the fallen angels and their the Nephilim sons of theirs and daughters that were ruling on earth. But the thing is something happened where oxygen left this place. So much oxygen left this place that all the giants died off. And now the children of the Nephilim are, they look like humans and they are the same size as humans. So because they can't just rule over us the way that they used to, you know, they would just be able to run, over us run amok over us because of their size well now they're the same size as us so they have to hide everything but they still have to tell us in plain sight with you know but by not telling us you know this is all the symbolism that goes on in pop culture and so on and so forth but yeah it's the same beings that have always been here doing the same things over and over they don't have a new playbook because it's always worked the way that they wanted to well now it's coming to an end now, how does Tataria fit into this? Because wasn't that like uh, Russian and Chinese, or was that was that was that is that the area that I encountered encompassed, or was that or was Tataria everywhere, and it was just a mask history cover up? So Tartaria is is in Eurasia, you know, Europe, Asia, that area, like like you're saying, China, Russia, Mongolia type of area. Uh, so. The reason Tartaria is this umbrella term that you'll find in conspiracy theories, and it's used to cover so many different things, like the World's Fair being one of them, mud floods being another thing, orphan trains, infantoriums being another thing. Um, it, there's so much that goes into it, but there was this worldwide civilization. So to me, Tartaria is actually covering up Christ's millennial kingdom. So when we look around, the world and we see these beautiful structures all over the place i mean this old world architecture so beautiful you look at photos of the 1800s and they have these massive structures that are so beautiful and they have mud roads that used horse and buggy i mean they there's no way that they could have been building these structures these people are tiny and didn't know have any technology there's no way they built these structures and they all say that they're built in two to three years uh, and that you know these world's fairs uh, which i'm sure you cover with howdy but they're the amount of time given it would take today 15 years to do what they said back 200 years ago with no technology was being done in two to three years it's literally impossible it's amazing so, yeah it, it's completely amazing so there's still structures that are being used today in universities, museums, high schools, government buildings, courthouses. They're still being used and you can go find them, especially if you live in a rural area and you have like, uh, you know, like a, a hood near you, like a, a, you know, a neighborhood that's not all that wealthy. You can see there's a lot of these buildings in use because they're not going to, you know, they're just right under our nose. They'll never suspect it. You know, that's that type of attitude that they have. So they have pillars and we call it Greco-Roman, but the Greeks, uh, you know, we don't know what actually was going on. Rome just stole 
a lot of different things. And you get into Rome, there's so much nonsense about Rome that's told that like hypes it up, but it's it's really not what we're told. Like they used uh, a tally system was how they counted. You know, that's what Roman numerals. It's just a tally system. That's not that very advanced. So how they could have that? They took the Greek language and literally mirrored it and changed it. So you know, the Roman civilization that we're told about isn't as great as we're told, but it's, they were just stealing things. They were going around conquering because they were bigger, they were stronger, they were able to just steal whatever. So that's what Tartaria is. So the the name Tartaria is a phenomenon in itself because the suffix I-A means kingdom of. So kingdom of Tartar. Now, there is a Greek word and a biblical word called Tartarus, which is the abyss. So you have Tartarus is the deepest, darkest part of the abyss. And you have Tartaria, which is the kingdom of Tartarus represented on Earth in Eurasia. So what ends up happening is the Christ millennial kingdom, I believe. And I have an article on my website called WTF is a Tartarian on EmmanuelKingman.com, And uh, I break it down pretty good on there. If anyone wants to go check that out, it is a thousand year reign that Christ, the adversary, Satan is another word for adversary. The adversary would be bound in the pit. The pit is Tartarus. So there would be a thousand years that humanity would be free from Satan. And in this time period, they would learn all sorts of things about themselves. You know, just imagine now if all of a sudden all the dark forces that are running this realm were just all tied up and taken away and nobody was here putting us down purposely, you know, running psyops on us and abducting us and doing all that stuff. Imagine none of that was going on. And not too long of a time period, well, firstly, people would go around warring like they did in the uh, Christian uh, crusades. They would go around killing in the name of Christ because they would want to kill the adversary. So that that's how the Christian crusades happened, that these people woke up to what was going on. You could imagine, I mean, you can see the world around us. All these people are, everyone everywhere is like ready for war, right? So people are going around. Uh, in the name of something already so if they realize that oh it's this group of entities that's called the adversary or satan that has been doing this to everybody well then everyone would team up on them and they would go hunting for these people and they would try to kill them in the name of christ and then we would try to come together as brothers and sisters of christ because everyone's a brother and sister of christ and it doesn't matter what we observe if we're human we are of christ we are the cells of christ the body of christ and what would happen is we would have all this free technology that's just running through the ether and we would have these megalithic structures we would have peace and harmony and love and all that and then what ends up happening is after a thousand years for whatever reason satan is loosed from the pit when that happens boom that's when tartaria happens that is at the uh, end of Christ's millennial kingdom, which is now what we consider in the, the late 1700s and early 1800s is when this happened, that everything was being prepared, because I think that 
everything happened in that time period. I mean, I break it down. I have a YouTube series uh, called Cover It Up History, a playlist that if anyone can go on my YouTube, Goodness Over Darkness, you can go check that out. And I, I lay it out all there as well as why the second destruction of the world, according to fire, has already occurred in that time period. And it's all biblical. It all fits all the biblical timelines. Uh, the year without a summer, you know, the book of Revelation and Jesus himself said the sun would be blackened out. There was a world war going on in 1815, 1812 to 1815. So, I mean, there was an earthquake in 1812, three, a set of three earthquakes that reversed the Mississippi River, literally reversed it for three days that were so powerful called the New Madrid earthquakes. So, there's so many different things that happened at the end of the 1700s and throughout the 1800s into the early 1900s that makes me believe that Satan was being loosed from the pit at some point around there. Uh, the Carrington event, I think, is probably the rapture event that everyone was raptured out that was still here. And that's when the demons were finally loosed on the earth. And this is what we have a bunch of depictions of gargoyles and all these Catholic structures. And when we, so when you get into Tartaria, you started getting into cathedrals. Are they really cathedrals, you know, a, a cathode, an energy center that we have these huge windows that have window panes in them? But if you take the windows panes out of it, they're actually designed like cymatic patterns because the breath of God, which is the wind, would be you know, Yahweh would come in through the building. They'd have these organs that were lined up against these windows so that the the breath of God would come in, hit the organs and start playing music. And they were healing centers. So these cathedrals were actually probably healing centers and they were cymatic patterns coming in to heal and hitting the organs so that certain frequencies and this was what humanity figured out by itself when the adversary wasn't here. Then the adversary comes in and perverts everything, changes it all. And exactly as we started off in the beginning, gives us the term religion and really puts it in a box. But the word religion just means tradition. You know, I could wash my clothes religiously. That just means that I wash them at a certain time and do it in a certain way. So the term religion, if you just take the word religion out, anytime you say anything and put in the word tradition, you know, the Catholic tradition, the Muslim tradition, it still makes sense. And it actually makes more sense when you use it that way. So everything here is really broken down in word magic. And when you can start seeing through all the deception, you can start picking out and really, really magnifying the truth. I have one more question and because I, I, I love the story of the Anunnaki and, and, you know, there's a lot of different people who, 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 who did decipher the Sumerian tablets and it could be just mythology. I don't know, you know, but I, it could be real. You know, I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts? Um, because you said that at one point you were waiting for the Anunnaki. You thought you were waiting for them or something like, what was your, what was your, your, your uh, thing on that? Yeah. So, early in my awakening process, you know, through conspiracy theories and uh, through spirituality and the, the psychic abilities that just, excuse me, just came to me through meditation and all. I started 
seeing and hearing about the Anunnaki and Nibiru and all that. But now that I've studied the Book of Enoch, because I have a breakdown of the Book of Enoch series on my YouTube channel as well, uh, three-part series that you might want to check out, I started to realize that the Book of Enoch is telling us the same thing as the Anunnaki story, but from the point of view of humanity. The Anunnaki, they're telling it from the point of them and the beings that they created who were worshiping them you know this is so there's so many different things going on with the different when i say that the nordics are the fallen angels you know that's not the only fallen angels there are also seraphim that they look they have elongated skulls because they are the seraphim they are snake-like beings that walk upright and they were in egypt a lot of them and uh, over in Sumeria and all this. So they created their own race of beings before Adam and Eve were here. They came here and they created their own race, slave race of beings, hominid beings that they were would then, you know, just rule over. Well, God, they are the sons of God, all these different angels that were here creating their own creations. This is why there's so many different creation myths is because so many people that are here now were created from different things. But the thing is, all those things were created from the one creator, from Jesus. He was the creator who came down as human. So he made Adam and Eve, well, he made Adam from the clay of the earth and his own breath of life his own seed he just creates adam out of nowhere then he creates eve from adam now he knows adam and eve or he knows eve is going to sin and this is on purpose he needs to be able to call back everything to him so he needs the serpent seed that was already here to have his seed in them so eve when she eats from the forbidden fruit it's not an apple from a, a certain tree, and it's not a snake that's, you know, slithering around that convinces her to do it. No, it's one of these seraphim convinces her to have sex, and she does. She has sex with them, and then she produces Cain and Abel. Abel is the son of Adam. Cain is the son of the serpent. So then Cain kills Abel. Then Adam and Eve have Seth. So then you have the humanities line is from Seth. You have the serpent seed from Cain. So when Cain is cast out of the garden, he is then, uh, you know, it talks about in the Bible that they're worried he's going to be hurt or injured by the other people that are here. And also somehow he takes up a wife and he continues on and he makes this land called Enoch, which is not from the book of Enoch, but there's there's two different lines. So there's Cain has a son named Enoch that has his own uh, book of Enoch. That is not the book of Enoch that talks about the uh, creation, you know, that, that I yeah. reference in my, um, in my series. So what ends up happening is Cain is like Prometheus to these hominid beings or like Lucifer. He brings the knowledge of God, which is Adam is God at that moment on earth. And uh, Cain brings 
the knowledge of God to all these hominid beings, and they start worshiping Cain. Cain starts having sex with all of them. Now Cain already is 50% human and 50% serpent seed. So he's able to reproduce with them somewhat. But then, you know, Seth's line keeps on producing over and over. So uh, essentially what ends up happening is we're at a point in time now that everything here has a percentage of serpent seed DNA and human DNA. So we are the combination, all of us on earth, are at least 1% of the serpent seed and at least 1% of Adam's seed. You know, it's, uh, and somewhere in between is most of us. But that is why God needed Eve to sin to uh, mix with the serpent seed so that now he can wake us all up, he can call back his spirit, and we can be washed by the blood of our creator, Jesus Christ, who created Adam for all this reason. So everything is told in the Bible and in Christianity, but it's so perverted in the churches and they keep everything so well covered up and hidden that nobody strings together these types of things, uh, except unless you go looking on YouTube and, and podcasting and, and stuff like that. And then all these books that, that you're not going to hear any pastors or church people talk about. Yeah, this was amazing, man. This was one of the best podcasts I ever did. I, I think. Uh, I mean, this was so much groundbreaking info. Like, um, this was amazing. Can you just to finish up? Can you just tell people where to find your stuff? Like, where to find your website? Where to find your podcast? Your YouTube? All that stuff. Yeah, well, thank you so much for that compliment. It means a lot to me. I, I know that you've done a, a ton of episodes, so that's uh, amazing. So. My website is emmanuelkingman.com. That's I-M-M-A-N-U-E-L kingman.com. And on there, like I said, I have the blog, WTF is a Tartarian, where I, I, I break that down more for you guys. I have the YouTube channel, Goodness Over Darkness, where I have playlists of the Book of Enoch series, as well as the Covered Up History, as well as my own podcast, which is Godcast, the Goodness Over Darkness podcast. And, uh, yeah, you can find all my social media links are on my website as well. YouTube, or I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram are the only three uh, social media I have. But you can find the links right at the top of the uh, the page. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot. This was awesome. I, I'd like to have a big to talk to you again. I'll keep in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good night. Thanks. All right. You too.